Well, hello, everybody. You know, it feels a little bit like the holidays out there, doesn't it? You know, with the snow. But it is almost Thanksgiving. We're, what, about 10 days away from Thanksgiving. And, and uh, we are just very grateful uh, for God being with us. And we're doing our harvest Thanksgiving again. I see that a number of our bags have come in. Uh, they are all due next week because... Um, the, what, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we will be delivering all these groceries to some families. And so if you have not yet brought yours back in, make sure you stop and, and uh, get your groceries and get them back here so we can make that delivery. I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving. Uh, Stan and I are, uh, Stan's going to preach next Sunday and we're doing a two-part series. But, you know, in this world, some appear to be blessed so much They seem to have a a really good life. Everything is going well, but they are absolutely miserable, and they don't seem to be thankful for anything. And then I see the exact opposite. There are some who do not have much of anything. Their life here on this earth has been very difficult. They're going through some extreme trials and hard times, but they seem to be happy and content. They seem to be grateful for everything that they have. This is the paradox of thanksgiving. The paradox of thanksgiving. So we're doing this in two messages. I'm going to be preaching today. And my sermon is ungrateful even in the good times. And Stan will be doing the opposite, grateful even in the hard times. But that's what we want to look at today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you for being with us, being with our congregation, being with our our church families. Father, I thank you that that you've been with us, and I thank you, God, that you've given your son, Jesus. He is the reason that we're able to just gather and worship you. And Father, we pray that you will just continue to be with us. Father, be with me as I share these words. Speak to me, help me speak boldly your truths. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I am today going to give you a formula on how to be ungrateful. (laughs) How to be ungrateful even when times are good. So I'm going to just share a couple things with you. And um, my my first point that I'm going to talk about is the ungrateful will focus on the hardships of life. The ungrateful will focus on the hardships of life. Now, to help me with my points that I want to make, Uh, Let me introduce you to my alter ego, uh, Mr. Ungrateful. (laughs) So there's Mr. Ungrateful. Boy, he doesn't look very good, does he? Let's see if we can put some joy into his life. I don't know. Did that help any? (laughs) I don't think so. Mr. Ungrateful. Well, he's going to give us some thoughts today on how to be ungrateful in Thanksgiving. Here's his first thought. Mr. Ungrateful says, don't bother to look at how fortunate you are and and thank God for your many blessings. Instead, focus on how hard and difficult your life is. Focus on how unfair life can be. That's what Mr. Ungrateful says, okay? You know, we, we do see this in the world today, don't we? And we even saw this When you read through the Bible, you see this in different people in the Bible. 
I think about the story of the children of Israel as they were coming out of slavery. They were slaves in Egypt, and as they were coming out, the Egyptian uh, slave masters were, were ruthless. They, they were very harsh on the Israelites. If you read Exodus, the second book of the Bible, chapters 1 and 2, it tells us that the slave masters oppressed the Israelites. They forced them into hard labor. They worked them ruthlessly, and they, they often beaten the, the Israelites. And then when the Egyptian realized that the Israelites were gaining in, in number and that they might rise up against them, they ordered that all baby boys be killed at birth. This was a horrible situation for the Israelites to be in. And the Israelites cried out to God, and God heard them and, and rescued them from slavery. And, and, oh, the Israelites saw a very powerful display. They, they witnessed the ten plagues, and, and if you've watched any of the Ten Commandment movies, you know what some of those are, water to blood and frogs, gnats and flies and hail and locusts and death of the firstborn. And then in Exodus 13 and 14, the Israelites left Egypt. They left the slavery that they had. And they came to the Red Sea and they crossed the Red Sea uh, on dry ground as it was parted right in front of them. And then they praised God. I think if they had that song, Waymaker, they would have sung that. You know, I worship you, miracle worker, promise keeper. That's what God was. They sang in Exodus 15. They sang a song of what they just witnessed. They, th these are some of the words that they sang. Who is like you, O Lord, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people that you have redeemed. The Lord will reign forever and ever. They praised God for their good life that they have now. We're free. We're free. We're free. Free indeed. Thank God Almighty. We're free at last. And three short days later, Exodus 15, 24 says the people were grumbling against Moses. They started grumbling. You know, and, and God did not stop with his goodness. He provided water in the desert. Later, he provided water out of a rock. That's all found in Exodus 15 and 17. In Exodus 16, it says that he provided manna, which is just amazing to me. Manna, the word actually means what is it. Watch him call it. it uh, there was never anything like it before and never anything like it since, but it was a little flake that came down with the dew and they gathered it up every day. It was amazing. In, in Deuteronomy 29, listen to this, moms, tells us that for 40 years their clothing and shoes did not wear out. Wow! This was so cool. God took care of them. And, and on top of all that, God's presence was always seen. Numbers chapter 9 tells us that, that there was this cloud. 
you almost have to see it to, to understand it. But the Bible tries to describe it. It says that there was this cloud that covered the tabernacle. The tabernacle was their, uh, temp, uh, their um, tent of worship. This cloud covered the, the tent of worship. And at night, it glowed like fire. And whenever it moved, the Israelites picked up and followed it, uh, followed wherever the cloud went. They had their own GPS, uh, God positioning system. They had free room and board for 40 years. They were done with slavery. Life was now so much better, yet they continued to grumble and complain about everything while in the wilderness. It kind of reminds me of a story that I heard, and you've heard stories like this. A, a high school girl put a brick on the gas pedal and crashed her brand new Mustang into a concrete wall at the school building, all because her car that she got for her 16th birthday was the wrong color. And she kept bragging that she was going to get a new one. She said, quote, I'm just teaching my parents a lesson. Remember what Mr. Ungrateful said. He said, don't bother to look at how fortunate you are. Focus instead on how hard life is. You know, my Bible says that Mr. Ungrateful is wrong. Okay? Mr. Ungrateful is wrong. Let me read to you what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The Apostle Paul is writing about this whole story of the Israelites he says, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And they all ate the same spiritual food and they drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. That's just amazing to me. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them because, or be, uh, with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. He concludes by saying, Do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. So, this Thanksgiving, don't just focus on how hard life has been. Don't, don't get into that. Philippians 2 14 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing. So instead of complaining, like Mr. Ungrateful says, it is time to count your blessings. Let me give you a second thing to think about. The ungrateful will focus on what others have. The ungrateful will focus on what others have. Again, Mr. Ungrateful tells us this. Don't bother thanking God for the blessings that he's given to you. Instead, look at what others have, the things you wish you had also, and be sure to pout and complain about your miserable life. You know, the Bible, again, is filled with many stories that, that could help illustrate this point, but I, I want to focus on a king. Now, a king, a king in the Bible his name's King Ahab. Many of you know his story. It's found in 1 Kings chapters 16 through 22. Ahab's dad was Omri, 
O-M-R-I, Omri. He was the general, he was a general in the Israelite army and later he became king himself and ruled in Israel for 12 years. So Ahab actually grew up in the palace with a dad who was king. And when Omri died, Ahab became the next king of Israel and he would go on to reign for 22 years. And you might remember his wife, Jezebel, okay, Jezebel. She, uh, she got him involved in worshiping Baal and, and other false gods. Now, you would think that a wealthy king could be grateful for his life, but not Ahab. In 1 Kings chapter 21, there's a, it tells a story of where he was acting like a child because he did not get something that he wanted. He wanted his neighbor's vineyard, and when he didn't get it, he went to bed sulking and refusing to eat. Sounds just like a child, doesn't it? First Kings chapter 21 gives us the story. He says that his wife Jezebel came in and asked him, why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered, because I said to Naboth the, the Jezreelite, sell me your vineyard or, or if you prefer, I'll give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. <laughs> now, I added that extra part. <laughs> Jezebel's wife said, is that how you act as king over Israel? You know, I, I started to get a little bit of hope. Maybe, maybe Jezebel was not so bad. You know, maybe she was there saying, you know, is that any way to act? Grow up, grow up. You're a grown adult, act like it. Well, that's not where she went with this. She went on to say, get up and eat, cheer up. I'll get the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she found a couple scoundrels. She had them make false accusations against Naboth. And it led to his execution. And when Naboth was dead, Ahab took the vineyard. You see, Mr. Ungrateful says, don't focus on what you have. Instead, long for the things that others have. I, I read another illustration, another story to illustrate this, I was reading about a kid that was so upset at Christmas. Although he received a Fender guitar, a new drum set, this is all Christmas, a new Fender guitar, a new drum set, and he just turned 16, he received a nice used Toyota SUV. He was not happy, and he complained to his parents because his friend got a Burton snowboard, which I'm not real sure what that is, but evidently it's good. His friend got a Burton snowboard, a new iPhone, a brand new sports car, and a cruise for Christmas. When we start comparing, it leads to ungratefulness. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Philippians 4, I have learned to be content 
I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. So this Thanksgiving, don't long for what others have, but be grateful for what you have. Now, some of you might be sitting there thinking, preach it, John. Preach it. Let them have it. <laughs> Let them have it. Let me tell you, this sermon is not meant for you to be judgmental and to point fingers at others. You know, don't tell people, you know, your life is good. Why are you complaining all the time? Why can't you just be happy with what you have? Your attitude offends me. That's not the purpose of this sermon. In our staff meetings, we, uh, our church staff meets on a regular basis. As Joy mentioned, one of the times that we meet is on Wednesday mornings just to pray for all of you. One of the terms that comes up a lot in our staff meetings, I think it's kind of cool that we do this. It's a good, it's a good reminder. We, uh, we talk about an umbrella of grace. A lot of times we have to think outside the box. We're living in a day and age where we have to think a lot of times outside of the box. And, and sometimes one of the staff person or I or somebody will say, hey, Please give me a little bit of an umbrella of grace. I'm going to say something here to make us think. An umbrella of grace. And folks, we need to be gracious with others. Francis Xavier said, do not be angry with an ungrateful person. Boy, we're going to find them all over the place. Do not be angry with an ungrateful person. Probably they are confused or inexperienced. This sermon is not a chance to straighten out others. It's an opportunity to look at our own hearts. Okay, that's, that's my goal here. And that leads me to my third point. The ungrateful will focus on ways they have been slighted. You want to have an ungrateful Thanksgiving, just concentrate and focus on everything that anybody has ever done that has wronged you and offended you. Matter of fact, Mr. Ungrateful says it this way, don't bother forgiving others who have hurt you. Instead, remember every offensive act taken against you, big or small. Better yet, write them down so that you can check your list when your memory fails you. Keep that list. Uh, a show that I've seen several times, and, and it seems like it's on almost every channel out there. It's called the um, Big Bang Theory. It has Sheldon. Remember Sheldon? You guys know Sheldon? Sheldon, evidently, his, I know his character is uh, make-believe, but it has struck a chord with people because so many people are like this. Sheldon kept a list of those who have wronged him and he vowed to make them pay when he won the Nobel Prize. 
Sheldon has a list of 61 mortal enemies. 61 mortal enemies as well as what they did wrong, their, their wrongdoing. He started the list of mortal enemies when he was nine years old. And it is stored on a floppy disk. And I guess, I guess he keeps it updated. Some of uh, the examples of mortal enemies. Now, I, I, I thought maybe I'd try to say it like Sheldon. I cannot speak like Sheldon. But if you know the show, you can, you, you can just hear what he's saying. He's, on his list is a childhood bully, Billy Sparks. Okay, umbrella grace here. Billy Sparks put dog poop on his bike handlebars. And he's been on the list ever since. Jim Hansen is on the list by creating Big Bird, which I guess is a constant in Sheldon's nightmares. Film director Joel Schumacher made the list as Sheldon believed that he ruined the Batman movie franchises. <laughs> and Sheldon also added the cafeteria workers to his list for not telling him what was in the chili that they served. And the list goes on and on 61 times. It is hard to be grateful when you focus on how many people have offended you. And it seems that we live in a time, we live in times where it is popular to be offended by any and every little act. You offend me. I'm offended. In truth, most people do not intend to be offensive. They might be insensitive. <laughs> they, they might not consider the impact of their words. Or they just simply don't know you enough. They don't know enough about your your history or who you are to predict what words or actions will disturb them. Now, Mr. Ungrateful said, remember every wrong someone has done to you and never forgive them. The Bible says the exact opposite. In Ephesians 4.32, it says, be kind and compassionate. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And in Colossians 3.13 it says, bear with each other, forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ungratefulness. I want to give you a fourth ungratefulness thing about ungratefulness this Thanksgiving, the ungrateful will focus their prayers on themselves. The ungrateful will, their prayer life will be all about themselves. Matter of fact, Mr. Ungrateful says it this way, don't bother lifting others up in your prayers. Instead, let God know everything that you want. Treat God like a genie in a bottle. Treat God like a genie in a bottle. You know, I, uh, I just got on the internet and just started looking up, trying to look up songs that are about self, okay? Songs about me, songs about yourself. Um, here are some titles. I want it that way. I want you. I want it all. 
I did it my way. It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. <laughs> One song that came out when I was a kid, uh, the title of the song was Mercedes Benz by Janis Joplin. It was actually her last recorded song. And it was sung as a prayer. It went like this, oh, Lord. It started out, dear Lord, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I, I must make amends. Worked hard for all my lifetime. No help from my friends. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? She goes on to sing about color TV. You can tell how old this <laughs> song is. And, and a night on the town. Her, her prayer was all about me. And when our prayer life is all about self, it will cause us to be ungrateful this Thanksgiving. Have you ever wondered why people are so ungrateful and miserable? I love the book of James. It's probably one of the most practical books in the whole Bible. It's only five short chapters long. It'll only take you 15 minutes to read the whole book. But in James chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3, it says this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Why, why is this happening? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you can't have what you want. You quarrel and you fight, and you do not have because you do not ask God. And then when you do ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. It's all about self. In your prayer life, if it focuses only on you and your pleasures, it will lead to ungratefulness. And let me also say this about, about our prayer life. Mr. Ungrateful says it this way. Don't bother to praise and thank God for who he is. He already knows how great he is. Instead, remind God how lucky he is to have a person like you on his team. <laughs> Tell God just how lucky he is. You know, God, thank, you should be thankful that I came to church today. It's snowing out there. Aren't you lucky to have someone like me? I, I think about a parable, another parable that Jesus told. It's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector found in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 and following. He said, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down to, on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all that I get. You know, this, this Pharisee, this person focused his prayers on himself. Look at me, God. Look how good I am. I fast and I tithe. God, you are so lucky. You're so lucky to have a person like me. At least I'm not like that guy over there. Jesus went on with his story, but the tax collector 
stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, (laughs) have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Um, Harry uh, Ironside was pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago years and years ago. Pastor Ironside, he was having lunch one day in a crowded restaurant, and just as he was about ready to begin his meal, a man approached and said, hey, there's a chair, can I have a seat? Pastor Ironside invited him to, to have a seat, and then as was his custom, pastor, the pastor bowed his head and prayed. And when he opened his eyes, the other man looked and said, do you have a headache? Pastor Ironside replied, no, no, I don't. And then the other man said, is there, is there something wrong with your food? Then the pastor replied, no, I was just simply thanking God as I always do before I eat. And the man said, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> you're one of those. Well, I, I want you to know, he went on to say, I want you to know I never give thanks I earn my money by the sweat of my brow, and I don't have to give thanks to anybody when I eat. I just start right in. And that's when Pastor Ironside said, yes, you're just like my dog. He does that too. Are you ungrateful even in the good times? Do you realize God has given you everything that you have? That book of James again, powerful book. Chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect gift. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Now, Mr. Ungrateful says... Make it all about you. You know, I had to work on that face. (laughs) Make it all about you. So this Thanksgiving, I I encourage you not to be a Mr. Ungrateful. (laughs) But take time to thank God for everything that he has given to you. Do you realize he's even given you life? And forgiveness. He's given you life and forgiveness. So there you go. That's the formula for a lousy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Just what we want. How to have a lousy Thanksgiving. Hey, if you want to have a great Thanksgiving, this is what I like about this series. Even in the hard times. How to be grateful even in the hard times. Next week, Stan will be preaching as we continue this paradox of Thanksgiving. It's going to be a great Thanksgiving.
because of what Jesus did for us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, I thank you so much. God, this, this day is, is beautiful. It is beautiful because we can come in here and we can just praise your name. We can thank you, God. We can say thank you for what you've done for us. God, you have given us life. You've given us the forgiveness of sins. God, you are taking care of us. You have blessed us. And Father, may we never take what you've given us for granted. God, may we continue to praise you and thank you and worship you for all that you've given to us. And God, please forgive us when we begin to look at our hardships and, and not at our goodness and forgive us when we begin to compare ourselves with others and want what others have. Father, forgive us when we cannot forgive others. And God, forgive us when our prayer life is all about us. May we continue, Father, to be yours, to be your holy servants and to live for you. Thank you, God, for your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.